0: It's Christmas Eve. Most of you have probably done all your shopping. Some of you probably haven't. You're probably worn out, overspent, a little tense. All the things that we're not supposed to be during this time of peace and goodwill towards men. Amen. And in our culture we seem to be having to fight back, you know, the banning of nativity scenes and other things that are, quote, religious. But as we have been singing this morning and retelling the story both in Scripture and in song, while we tend to emphasize the gifts, this time should be a time of worship and praise. The angels praise God for what he was doing. The shepherds praise the Lord. Wise men came, yes, and give gifts, but they bowed down and worshiped. And so part of what I want us to re kind of capture is the worship. There are four gospels. Mark does not discuss the nativity at all. Two of the three get most of the time during this year. Matthew starts about nine months, a little more than nine months, before Jesus' birth with his account when you take away, if you will, the the genealogy. Luke starts a little further back. He starts about 15 months before the birth of Jesus and gives an account. Almost nobody discusses John at this time. And John has a, a birth account as well. So that's what I want to, to discuss today. And I think it's even more appropriate for us. For you see, it doesn't matter whether, if you will, that there's a nativity set or not, but the world is celebrating what John's recollection of the nativity is with lights. And that the lights shine in the darkness, and there are houses who don't even believe that Jesus is the Son of God who decorate and show forth the light in the darkness. So when you drive this evening and other times, and when you see the lights, I want you to think about John's gospel. And I think it's interesting, because if if anybody were to give a full detail of the night and days that, that led up to this and to Mary and Joseph, you would think it would have been John, because John took Mary into his house. He provided for, he cared for, he he treated her as his own mother, as Jesus had requested of him during the crucifixion. But John doesn't start nine months ahead or even 15 months. John goes back to day one of the creation of the world. So to remind you of that, I want to look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 through uh, 3 to kind of set the stage for what John is going to do. It says, In the beginning, God. What a great statement. In the beginning, God. In the finish, God. And everywhere in between, God. But in the God, beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Interesting. I, physics, when it comes to that, and science, it's kind of hard to kind of comprehend how light and darkness is all so muddled together, but apparently it was, and God does what God does. God separates things and makes them Holy. Separation, to separate something, is to make it sanctified. God sanctifies the light and calls it good. After that, even though there was the daylight and the stars and all that, the world continued into darkness. Because instead of worshiping God, instead of following the Lord, it decided to do its own thing. And there were times in the history of the world that it seemed even more so as it was in Noah's day. Everyone's thoughts continually were evil. And so there was a darkness. And in this darkness, there was Isaiah who prophesied about this light. And in Isaiah chapter 9, starting with verse 2, it says this, The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. Those who live in a dark land, the light will shine on them. You shall multiply the nations, and you shall increase their gladness. They will be glad in your presence, as with the gladness of harvest. As men rejoice when they divide the spoil, for you shall break the yoke of their burden and the staff on their shoulders. The rod of their oppressor as at the battle of Midian, for every boot of the booted warrior in the battle Tumult, And cloak rolled in blood will be for burning fuel for the fire. For a child will be born to us. A son will be given to us. And the government will rest on his shoulders. And may I say amen to that. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And so, what we see is the beginning of the world started with the first day of light. We see that the world was still in darkness and in chaos, and there was that prophecy that God would send that light that one who would be the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the one who would dwell with us. And in that context of the light and of the prophecy of light, John gives us his nativity story. And he starts in John, the gospel of John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was with God. You see, John makes it very clear that this little baby born in a manger is God. That He didn't have a beginning on that Christmas morn. That His beginning was before even the beginning of the world. And that He was the one who established the world. That this one is God with us. Emmanuel, and John makes it very clear that he is that. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Me, I came into being because of Jesus. You came into being because of Jesus. The pew upon which you sit came into being because of Jesus. There is nothing in this world That has ever existed if it were not for the Lord. And then he gets personal. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. You see, John is writing this gospel, probably the latest of the four gospels, wrote it well after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, after Jesus had walked upon this earth and shown who He was and declared who He was, demonstrated who He was. And John is saying, He was life. He was the light of men. And as we beheld Him, we saw that light and we saw that life and we understood it. But then John is going to go from the past tense that he was the life, and that he was the light. To notice what it says, verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Even after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, his light still shines to this day. It shines in the darkness, even when people do not comprehend it. And so many of us, we look at the scripture and we see that, that it's obvious that Jesus was not just a person in history. And it's obvious that Jesus was not just the one of the gospel, but that he rose from the dead and that there are proofs of that and that there's reason for our faith. Our faith is not blind. Our faith is based on historical fact. And that we see that even still this world does not comprehend that God walked among us. But His light shines. And so when we drive around and we think that the world just doesn't get it, that even in their ignorance sometimes, they declare the glory of God because they place some Christmas lights on their house or some lights upon their tree to say that this shines forth in darkness and it is a testimony of what Jesus has done and is doing today his light shines now Jesus wasn't content to just let John if you will say that he is the light of the world In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world, and he who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, this light is not just a light that shines like we do in church or the lights that are out on the street. It's the light that is life. It's the light that changes Darkness, not just physical darkness, but spiritual darkness into light and into life. That we have this eternal life because of him. Now the scene here, when Jesus says this, he's walking around the courtyards of the temple. And in the courtyards of the temple, there were these really massive menorahs. They were kind of like stadium floodlights. They were so large that they would take the old priest's robes to use as wicks. And they would cast light upon the entire courtyard. Jesus is saying, I'm not this little tiny candle. My light illuminates everything that it sees. But then about this light Jesus tells us to do something. We find in 1st John chapter 1 verse 5. It says this, This is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you. Jesus John says, when I walked with Jesus, he told me about the good news, the gospel, and he told me about it, but he didn't tell it to me to hear alone. He told it to me to announce to others that God is light. That God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, the nativity story is not about a little baby who came and everybody showed up and saying, Isn't this wonderful? It's about a little baby who was the Son of God, who existed before that evening, who came to this earth not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for you and me. You see, the Christmas story is not a story about a little baby. It's about the King of kings and Lord of lords. And that he came here, not in king's palaces, but in poverty. To show you, it's not about your present circumstances, but it's about God who loves you and is shining forth his light upon you and giving you his life. Eternal life. So John has a message that if we want to be in this light, we need to have fellowship with Him to be in that light, to not walk in darkness. And part of that is to acknowledge I'm a sinner. God loves me not because of who I am, but because of who He is. And God continues to love me because of not what I have done, but what He has done. And if I try to deceive myself, then I'm lying. But when we acknowledge who He is and who we are, we can then have fellowship with one another. Which again is a time that we need at this time. Some of the loneliest times is Christmas time. Because people are missing Perhaps this may be the first Christmas that they have not shared it with a loved one. Or maybe their family is such that they're not all that wild about going. And there's all that anxiety and and whatever. Or, all too often, we have this picture of the way the holiday should be. And it never matches what the holiday is in reality. But the problem is, you're looking at the holiday, not the holy day. The holy day is one that says, He came, who existed before time ever did. That He might give me life. That He might give me life. And we so take for granted light." All we do usually is walk over to our wall, flip on a switch, and we get light. Occasionally, we lose power. We don't pay the bill. Something happens, and it's dark. Ever notice when the lights aren't on and you're walking to your bathroom in the middle of night, You walk a little more slowly because you're not too sure, even though you've been there before, what might be on the floor so that you might not stub your toes. When you have the light on, you just walk wherever it is because the light allows you to see what's happening. No wonder so many people walk in life so unsure because the light's not on, because they don't have the Lord. And while John has told us that Jesus is the light and his light is the life of men, and he was told by Jesus to announce it to others, we also have an obligation about this light. And it's found in Matthew chapter 5 kind of part of the Sermon on the Mount and in verse 14 it says this you 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 are the light of the world a city set on a hill cannot be hidden nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Jesus, you are this light. You are to shine it, and the whole point of the having a light is not to hide it, but to, to allow it to radiate so that the people may not stumble and fall and do harm to themselves. You are that light because you have the light of Jesus living in you. And as a result, you're not to hide this light, but to let it illuminate so that people may see it. Why? Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works. And talk about what a great guy you were at your funeral. That they see your good works and say how much better you are than other people. That they see your good works and wish that they had them themselves. It's not what it says. That they see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The point of illuminating Our light is that people may see God. During the Christmas season, it's a little easier to talk about the Lord because people are Christmas shopping and people are whatever, and we can hear about the reason for the season and all of these things. But our light isn't to just shine the few days before and the few days after Christmas. It is to shine and shine and shine and shine so that they may glorify God. Because again, when we take a look at all of the nativity stories, it simply boils down to this. God came because there was a need. And God was worshipped and praised and adored for it, we should continue to do the very same thing, to shine forth his love, his life, for his praise, his glory, and for others to worship him. Because in the beginning was God. In the middle was God when i breathe my last it is god and when he resurrects me from the dead if that's what happens or he comes before it is god it is his light it is his glory and we need to remember that and to understand that you may be in the very circumstance you're in not because god is mad at you but because your place may allow you to shine the most light In a very dark place. Because otherwise Jesus could have been born in a palace. But he wasn't. So that shepherds might come and worship. I suspect if he was born in a palace. They wouldn't get their way in. Kings worshipped him. because of who he was and the access to him. So in this time of Christmas, and as we see the Christmas lights on the trees and on the houses and the buildings and even in the commercials, I want you to remember two things. Jesus is the light of the world and they're testifying that even if they don't know. And you and I are to be that light to testify of who God is to his glory and his praise from this day and forevermore. John has a wonderful Christmas story. I wish we told it more. But it's okay. Because John's is good. So is Luke. So is Matthew. They all give us a little bit more of the story. But the story doesn't end that day. We are to announce it to one and all, that the light is shining. It didn't stop shining, it continues to shine. And it not only shines in the world today, it shines in my heart.